Hello. This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne. Hi, ho to ho. She's the girl in Boston. And I'm Sabrina. And I'm the girl in Los Angeles. That is also from New Jersey. I think people get confused about that. Yes. Yeah, I'm from New Jersey. No, I did not wear a poof in my hair. And no, I do not have an accent. So... Yeah, you don't. I'm an anomaly. The annoying thing is that I love the show Jersey Shore. Don't get me wrong. I dressed up as JWoww once for Halloween. Oh, it, It's a thing. People used to call me Snooky in high school and I was mad. Oh, <laughs> that's a bummer. Well, I was the shortest one of the group and I always wore slippers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then you asked for it. You did it for, to yourself. <laughs> also, she's a very successful businesswoman now and so that's a compliment. Snooks. Love her. But so... The frustrating thing is that everyone now when they meet me are like, oh, like, why don't you have an accent? And like most people I know don't have an accent. And most people from Jersey Shore on the show, there was like, I don't think any of them were actually from New Jersey. Maybe one of them was. It didn't matter. It was a great show. It was so entertaining. <laughs> I still gym tan laundry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wait. OK, so the other day. We were talking about high school and this came up and it's something that I like had completely put out of my mind. But in high school, there was this guy who escaped from prison. I think he was like in jail for drug charges. And it was like this like it was called the Skillman Work Farm. So it was a farm that prisoners worked on and lived on. And like that was their prison. Mm-hmm. And this guy, Mark Harris, escaped. And it was the talk of the town. We had shirts made. We all of everyone at my high school wore shirts that said, run, Mark, run. Okay. I was going to say in support of him because that's such a high school thing to do. Yeah. In support of him. Run, Mark, run. (laughs) Oh, it reminds me of the Barefoot Bandit. Do you remember when that was all happening? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Like, I have to admit, as much as he, like, (laughs) stole people's cars and crashed private planes and broke into people's homes and did things that were illegal, there was just this huge rebellious side of me that was like, I really want him to succeed in evading the cops, which is not what you're supposed to think. But it's similar to seeing a car chase, you know? You kind of root for the guy because it's like, wow. Yeah, there's a little bit of adrenaline. You just get caught up in the moment. But then when you really think about it, you're like, no, they're wasting the police's time and effort. They're Mm -hmm. endangering people and being stupid. I know. And now that I pay taxes, I'm like, every single time I'm like, that's my tax money. That's my money. We've become begrudgingly old people who hate everything and everyone around us. Oh, man. But (sighs) the barefoot bandit, he really gave me a thrill for days. Yep. I get it. I was, I was like texting all my high school friends. I was like, does anyone have their Mark Harris t-shirt? Because I need it and want it. <laughs> I wonder what Mar- Mark Harris is up to these days. You know, I searched it the other day. I Google searched it. And uh, unfortunately, the name Mark Harris is one of the most popular names. And so, <laughs> therefore, impossible to track down. Well, if anyone knows Mark Harris, who uh, from the years of 2007 and 2011 may have been in jail for drug charges charges mm-hmm. in and around jersey and escaped let us know how he's doing let it, maybe he listens mark are you okay? i wonder if he knew i wonder if he knew how how much support he had we really yeah. rooted for him were you guys on the news 
No. And I looked it up and like, I don't think it, it wasn't on the internet at all. I had There's to find no a photo. There's no way he knew then. Exactly. Know? I definitely have a photo of myself wearing it. I'll find it. I'll track it down. Just like the police tracked Mark Harris down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, high school. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Oh, yeah. I'm feeling good right now because I'm wearing my Halloween socks. <laughs> Can I see? Yes. Well, Can you bring your foot to I'm your face? Enough. Oh, man, I'm going to have to plug that in again. Ooh, they're fuzzy. It's Halloween. They look like candy corn. Yes, they're supposed to, I think. And then they have little pumpkins. Love it. I'm in my FabFitFun blanket and my fuzzy sweatshirt that whenever I wear it, everyone just wants to pet me. And I'm like, this is why I'm a cat, because I love when people pet me on my own terms. <laughs> just as, So on days when you're feeling a little... A little more, I don't know the word. Open, feisty. feisty. <laughs> Is that know. what you said? Yeah. Open to human interaction, perhaps. Exactly. Do you wear that sweater? You're like, yes. today's the day. I'm okay with people touching me. Mm-hmm. And then on a rare occasion, which happened on Saturday night, I wore my fuzzy sweater and my velvet pants. So it was like, hello. Oh, you know what? I wish. I wish I could see and experience your velvet couch, but I can't. I mean, you can kind of see it. I'm sitting on it. I know, but I want to touch it. Oh, I want to rub you, my face on it, but then you I'll don't just do that. swell up and my eyes will close because <laughs> Leia's definitely touched it. And this will be your final resting place. R.I.P. And then you'll haunt me and Leia, especially Leia. Oh, you would haunt Leia. Heck yeah. Well, You're like, this is your fault. <laughs> I wonder if allergies go away in death, you know? Ooh. Or I wonder, okay, so this goes back to the book Many Lives, Many Masters, which I recommended so many times <laughs> in the beginning of starting this podcast mm-hmm. by Brian Weiss. But in Many Lives, Many Masters, basically the premise is this woman has so many different phobias and they go through hypnosis. The psychiatrist takes her through our therapist takes her through uh, hypnosis to see why she has so many phobias. And it turns out that in each past life she had, she basically just kept tacking on phobias with each Ooh. life. And I wonder if I have so many allergies now because in past lives I've just been collecting them throughout time. You collect allergies through lives. That's really That's sad. Right. <laughs> I'll just show up next time you go. Well, this would never happen to me. I was like, next time they ask you to bring your collection to school, I don't go to school and I'm not in elementary school anymore. So <laughs> wouldn't happen to me. But I was going to say, I'll just bring myself and my allergies. I'll bring next, one. Your next life, you'll have to yeah. do that. I'll bring each item that I'm allergic to. <laughs> I hope I remember this in my next life so I can predict it and be like, guys, Everyone watch. In five years, I'll become allergic to this. And two years after that, this allergy. Have I told you about Marina? She's my grand little in my sorority. But she told me that she went to go, like, she has really bad hip problems. And, like, that kind of came out of nowhere. And so she went to go to some type of doctor who takes care of it. And as she was walking out, a woman passed her and goes, let go of that pain, honey. It's from another life. Oh, like a woman passing her. Ooh, 
so spooky. Yeah. It's so cool. I want to know more about those women. You know, there's always so many people have stories where it's just a random stranger coming up and delivering very pointed suggestions or observations. And I want to know how, why, what's going on in their lives. How do they know this? I don't know. They're just wise women or men or humans or animals that are in touch with the universe in a way that our brains are not adapt to it's oh you know what i'm remembering that story a little bit wrong so i think the woman like stopped her and was like i usually don't do this but that pains from another life like let it go and then she kind of went into depth and explained that when in her past life she was a young girl who got into they were on a carriage and the carriage flipped and when it flipped it landed on her hip shattering Mm -hmm. her hip she survived it but her whole past life, that was like a horrible pain growing through up through her life because her, she had shattered her hip when she was a kid. It makes me wonder what triggered this pain to come back up in Marina's life. I wonder. You know. Maybe like a similar path. I, yeah, the, I mean, I wonder if like if you end up going down a similar path of a past life, whether it's like a decision you make that triggers emotions or physical feeling from a past life maybe yeah i'm tr- I'm just like looking <laughs> inward right now and trying to think of all the different times that i've felt something where i was like well i know that most of them do match up with things that have been going on with other people that are in my life like i catch other people's emotions yeah um but yeah, I'm trying to think. I wonder if any have you, anything has happened. Have you ever caught one of my emotions? No. Not through the not through the Skypes. <laughs> no, I mean it's a it's a good thing that I haven't because yeah. when I do, it's uh, we should just do an episode on like premonitions because Ooh. then I'll explain the the few that I've had. Interesting, but the okay. catching feeling things is often like I'll I'll have extreme heartbreak or extreme sorrow and i'll know that someone's about to experience either a breakup or a death of someone Mm. or something like really tough and then it will be like within a day or two i'll figure out who it who it is obviously because it will happen to the person that's wild and amazing you are one of those women no but i'm not because i can't i don't know who it is like i can't recognize that Right, but I wonder if you could tap into it more. Get out your crystals and your magic ball. I've had a Channel into your spirit guides, Corinne. I'll save those stories for another time. Maybe I'll really develop my abilities before the episode we do on premonitions. Okay. Well, I look forward to it. Also, we do need to stop and talk about something for a second. Okay, what? That a lot of people are bringing up. We did a show on near-death experiences and we did not bring up the show, The OA. Oh, my gosh. How did we not? How? Why I don't know. We people do have been emailing us. People have been commenting on Facebook. People have been writing Instagram messages. Well, we're dingbats. I think it's because you and I watched it when it first came out. Yeah. Which was like three or four years ago, right? I don't think it was that long. Maybe two years ago. It was 2016. Okay. Okay. So yeah, it was December. It was a few years ago. It was, but it was so good. So I just think we need to let everyone know that they need to watch the OA. It was so mind trippy. Yeah. It's fantastic. 
I still don't know what's going on. Okay, this you know what's not my dream? Um, our topic today is scary, especially with how much time you spend in the car. Yeah, don't remind me. I, I like <laughs> <laughs> it's all I thought about while I was driving home today. I was like, well, good thing it's in the middle of the day and there's lots of sun and now i'm home alone and i for some reason decided to record without turning a single light on in my apartment so it's pitch black aside from the computer screen light well you're in your house so you shouldn't get any hitchhiking ghosts which is our topic so there are ghosts that will stand on the side of the road and um hitchhike aka get into your cars and sometimes do horrible terrible things to you yes or sometimes if you're like one of the more popular ones, Resurrection Mary, that's maybe mm-hmm. the go-to when talking about hitchhiking ghosts, which neither of us are talking about. <laughs> but it's the woman who all the men pick up on the side of the road or the woman who dances with a man in the ballroom but then disappears or walks off into the cemetery only for them to realize that she was never there all along. I, that's, it, I don't know much about Resu- Re- Resurrection Mary, but that's amazing. And yeah, homegirl would like literally dance good. with people, like her cold ass hands holding people. And then they'd go she's to amazing. leave and then she'd be like, actually, can you drop me off here? And then she'd just run into the cemetery. She's amazing. That is I love her. ghost goals right there. Because yeah. being dead can't stop her from having a good time and no. meeting some boys. She just wants to dance and nothing's going to stop her. I love that. I also want to witness these guys out on dates with no one, but they like they're dancing by themselves, but they think they're dancing with her. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. I just I guess made the assumption that she appeared to everyone in the party, but to think that these to think that these guys are just waltzing around <laughs> and giggling and like googly eyed at absolutely nothing and everyone around yep. them is watching yep yep but meanwhile in texas <laughs> that's my transition <laughs> okay so smooth you're so good <laughs> so smooth we should be hired to be in transition queens is that a thing no we it's not make, but now it anything is. can be a job these days Hey, podcasters out there, you need to figure out a way to transition between thoughts. Hi, Corinne and Sabrina. <laughs> okay. We can hardly formulate thoughts at this point. Okay. We can do this. Okay. It's, Here we okay, are. So you ready? Three, two, one, you go. Okay. I'm, going. I'm starting now. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm listening. Okay. Ready? <laughs> ready? Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Whenever okay. you feel comfortable. <laughs> We are loony tonight. 30 minutes into our podcast recording. Jesus Christ. Well, you're editing this one. (laughs) Okay, okay. Okay, so I, again, did that thing where I researched a whole thing and then decided to change it. Yeah, you changed it like five hours ago. Yeah, because I sometimes I like to get scared, and so I wanted to pick a scarier story. And so I started doing research on Texas and haunted roads in Texas. And holy moly, guacamole, you guys in Texas are haunted AF. Because seriously, (laughs) the amount, like, I spent hours trying to find a haunted road, and then, like, none of them were, like, as exciting as I wanted. And then I just searched haunted Texas roads, and it was, like, 800 results. (laughs) (laughs) 
So basically, you were Texas. Every road in Texas is haunted, and you're better off not driving at all. It's like is- putting crime and Florida into the search bar. <laughs> what comes up? Exactly. So Texas roads are full of murderous, strangling, car crashing, hitchhiker ghosts. And so I had a hard time narrowing down to one, but I did. I chose US 281 in Blanco, Texas. US Route 281 is the longest continuous three-digit US route, and it's also freaking haunted, but only in the Blanco, Texas area. But it extends all the way from the very, very bottom of Texas all the way to the top of North Dakota. So it's like the extending the entire height of the U.S. But before it was a road in Texas, it was also the site of a citizen's arrest, a.k.a. a citizen's murder. Oh, man. And this event happened on August 26th. Hey, 1855. Your birthday. It's my birthday. In case anyone didn't understand why you went, hey. <laughs> Which was also a complete coincidence, which is, um, I think, the universe telling me this was the one to do. Quick question. Citizen's arrest. I've only ever seen it on television. Mm-hmm. Is it a real legal thing? Not going to answer that. do you... Yeah, <laughs> we're know. not here to give legal advice. All right. Sorry. Um, lawyers, please let us know. How does this work? Um, I'll Google it. I feel like the shows that I've seen it on are all comedies, so I don't know how... Right. Trustworthy those are. Okay, so August 26, 1855, the events of this day left behind the spirit of a horrific hitchhiking ghost. So back in 1855, there was a man who went by the name of Al Lackey. And in August of 1855, he started to hear rumors about himself and a affair with his daughter. So people were oh. saying that Al Lackey was having an affair relations with his teenage daughter. And And if you're not, that's like a nightmare thing to hear. Right. So Al is pissed and he hears this rumor and he's like, I need to figure out where this is coming from and put an end to it. Has that ever happened to you when you were with your dad? What? Like people assume you're together. Oh, no. It happened to me when I was on vacation in Hawaii. My dad and I walked down first to save chairs Mm -hmm. at the pool. And he saw some of his friends because it was a to work thing. And mm-hmm. he went off and I waited by the chairs. And the woman was like, oh, do you want uh, – how many does your husband want? And I was like, oh, my what? She's like, oh, my God. How many does your husband want? And I was like, you mean my dad. And also we look identical. So how could you possibly make this mistake? Although I feel like people who date for a long amount of time, they start to look like each other. Like people think Nick and I look like. Yeah, you guys kind of have started to – we you just blend into each Take other. On it's Plato. <laughs> yep. Okay, so yeah, I understand why this guy was pissed because I, I, I too was pissed at just even the thought. So I was pissed, and he starts digging into the rumor, and he finds out that the rumor came from members of his own family. What? And sickos. so, unless on August, it was true, and he's just. I mean, who knows? We can discuss in a few minutes because what he's about to do makes me question everything. So on August 24th, he took a large knife. And then although in some stories it said he took a Winchester rifle, which we know from the Winchester Mystery House. Mystery House. Um, Sarah Winchester. So it's possible these if, if there was a Winchester rifle included in these killings, I'm sure these spirits now haunt this Winchester Mystery House. Right. 
So he takes a knife or a Winchester rifle, depending on which story you read, and went to murder his relatives. And in all of the articles I read, it referred to his murderous killing spree as, in quotes, Lackey carved up his relatives. And it's like, they're not pumpkins. <laughs> he murdered them. Let's not yeah. try to, like, paint this beautifully. No, he murdered people, and this is horrible. He didn't decorate a wonderful, beautiful Halloween decoration. Like carved them up. Thanksgiving yeah. dinner. Exactly. So he murdered these people. He went and he killed his brother, Nathaniel Greenberry Lackey, and his wife. Then he went to Mr. and Mrs. J.C. Stokes' house and killed them and their daughter, Fanny Stokes Lackey. And then he rode home where he killed his daughter, which, again, this if the rumor was about him having an affair with his daughter, none of this makes sense. Like, unless it was true, you know? And But... Right, yeah. but it's also a bit of an overreaction. Definitely. Definitely. So, so. that makes me think that something else snapped inside of him. That, yeah. Yeah. So then he tries to kill his wife, but his wife starts to run, and she's running through the woods, and Lackey starts chasing after her through the thick thicket and, like, through the woods, like, all over the place, and finally she manages to escape and lose him, which is, like, good for her. Go, girl. And so Al Lackey stands there in the woods. You should make a shirt for her. Run. Oh, run. Run. I think her name was Allie. Run, Allie, run. Okay, so Al stands there in the woods and he's like, I don't. Now what? I just killed everyone. My wife got away. How do I? Oh, I know. I'm going to take this sharp knife that I have and make a cut in my neck to make it look like I too was attacked. So he kind of like... Cuts across his neck, not lethally, and wraps a handkerchief around his neck. And then he goes into town, acts all normal, and meets up with his pal, Al Bundick. And so they start walking together. They, like, get on their horses, and they go on a ride together. And poor Bundick has no idea that his best bud is a murdering monster. And all of a sudden... Lackey takes his large knife and starts to stab Bundick with it. Ooh. And Bundick luckily is able to get away, but it took him over, over like, I think it was over four weeks to actually recover from how many stab wounds he received. And soon after, the sheriff got word of these murders and he went searching for Lackey. So when he finds Lackey, Lackey starts claiming that he was attacked and that it was his wife and nephew who attacked him and killed all of his family members, which is like, dude, you tried to kill your wife. You murdered your daughter in front of your wife. You're not getting away with this. And the sheriff yeah. didn't believe him, arrested him. I don't understand locked. why he would murder his own daughter. I, I truly believe he just lost it and, and took it out on everyone. Right. You would think, I mean, taking it out on everyone is a huge overreaction. And so is killing anyone. Taking it to that step is an overreaction. But I just would think that he would just target the one person who started the rumor and not actually, if he was so disgusted by the thought, wouldn't he try to, like, protect his own daughter instead of killing her? Yeah, it makes me know. think that he was kind of guilty and he just hated who he was and couldn't stand to be around anyone who reminded him of what he had done and who, like, what he had become. 
Yeah, I mean, it's very possible. Also, it's like the um, the Zanko chicken family, the guy who wanted to, I can't remember the exact details, but the guy wanted to inherit the whole company and so he murdered his whole family. Like everyone, which is just so awful. Jeez, um, so doesn't it feel like it would be up, like the police yeah. would know? It's well, clearly it didn't work out for him. One person stands and they're about to inherit a bunch of stuff. Like, yeah. uh, kind of obvious. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's possible also with Lackey's situation that there's a, a story we don't know or something that happened that we don't know. I mean, I don't think anything justifies it. I think he clearly snapped and 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 who knows maybe if something had happened down the line the same thing would have happened you know yeah too bad we don't have his brain to examine too dang bad anyway so he's taken to jail in blanco texas and he sits in jail for one day and so he's arrested on the 24th he sits in jail until the 25th and then on the 25th, all of his family members who were murdered are put to rest. They all, they have, the whole town has a burial for them. And the townspeople of Johnson City were just like, so what's going to happen to Al Lackey? Like he murdered our friends and these like respectable people in this town for absolutely no reason. Like Lackey needs to be punished properly. And no one was giving them answers. So on the night of August 26th, the townspeople decided to take matters into their own hands. And about a dozen of them hopped onto a wagon wearing masks and made their way to the jail. They very politely, a.k.a. put guns to each side of the jailer's head and one to his face Mm. and said, give us the keys to Lackey's jail cell. And of course, he obliged because who wouldn't? Right. Um, the men then take Lackey out of his cell, bind, and then they bind him, his hands and his feet, and put him in the back of the wagon, and then continued north. And at some point between Blanco and Johnson City, which is now where U.S. Highway 281 stands, they stopped the wagon, they stood Lackey up, and put a noose around his neck, tied it up to an oak tree, and asked Lackey if he had any final words. And Lackey looks at them and he like, you know, of course, has this evil grin and he's like kind of manic after killing all these people. And he's he's like, if you turn me loose and give me a knife, I'll go back to Johnson City and finish what I started. After that, I don't give a damn what you do to me. So he still wanted to continue murdering the people he didn't finish killing. Yikes. So no I don't remorse. know if that really was something snapping in his brain or if he was just always maybe an evil person. Yeah. And so the men were furious at him and they pulled the wagon out from underneath him. But apparently they didn't use a strong enough rope. And so Lackey died a very slow and painful death. And then the next morning he was found dead. There was a lot of blood on his shirt and which which insinuated that his neck like rather than breaking, like, got cut by the rope, and he bled out to death. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. And then he was buried in a pauper's grave somewhere in Blanco, but nobody knows where exactly. But you should be careful when you're driving down Highway 281 at night because his spirit is still there, and he's known to be carrying a foot-long knife and is believed that his spirit is seeking revenge and is even more bloodthirsty than he was in life. 
So imagine you're driving home at the end of the day. If you live in Texas, you're you're getting on Route 281, you're playing some country music, you're tapping your fingers along on, on the steering wheel, the, you know, the sun's setting, and it's beautiful twilight time of day. And then all of a sudden you see a man walking along the side of the road. And he turns towards you. <laughs> I feel like I'm <laughs> narrating True Detective or something. <laughs> Half of me thinks you're just going to reach to the side and grab some sweet tea and just start drinking it. <laughs> Where are we? And he sticks out his thumb and he asks for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> and so you decide to pull over and you help this guy. You don't want him walking alone in the dark. That would be so sad. No, guys. Don't pick up hitchhikers. <laughs> Did we learn nothing from the 70s and 80s? But if you did, and you pulled over, and you'd roll down the window, and you'd notice this man was very tall, with a gray beard and gray hair. He's wearing a handkerchief around his neck. And you ask, do you need a ride? But the man doesn't respond. You ask again, do you need a ride? And this time, the man leans down, puts his hand in the windowsill, peers into the car, and stares at you. Oh! And in that moment, you realize... His neckerchief is coated in red blood, and the man moves his hand upward, and you notice he's holding a knife covered in blood. And he'll smile at you, and he'll say, Six are still living, whom I intend to kill. And then you bet your you bet your butt that you're driving away as fast as you can. Oh, absolutely! Unless you're one of those people who just freezes in fear. Yeah. <laughs> then I don't know what happens. Actually, I do know what happens because um, one woman actually stopped for the hitchhiker and she asked where he was heading and he told her to take her to Johnson City. And then all of a sudden she notices that he's bloody. He has a huge stain of blood on his shirt. And she's like, uh, you know what? I'm so sorry. I actually I can't drive you. And then he takes out his knife and he goes, you're going to drive me. And then he gets in the car and is super serious. And he apparently cut her cheek with the blade of the knife to show her how serious he was. He's, uh, wait, but he's a ghost. Yeah. Why, why is this possible? I don't know. I don't know. <gasps> this but is so- like that listener story where the like Native American spirit that had or appeared in the form of Native American spirit through that like dart or that knife. <gasps> oh, yeah. Wasn't it a skinwalker? I don't remember exactly, but man, oh man. I just hate the thought that, like, something can look so real and actually inflict harm as a normal person would. Right. Like, in that way. Which I feel like is so rare, especially in in respect to ghost stories. Like, I feel like usually if you hear – harm from a ghost it's usually a demonic entity or a dark entity that like uses its fingernails or something or can throw an object at you to hurt you but to physically hold a knife and then use that blade even though they physically aren't here mm-hmm. it's it's wild so this yeah. woman this woman's like okay <laughs> i guess i'm driving this crazy man and so she starts driving and they start to near closer and closer to johnson city which is where the man, Al Lackey's ghost, wanted to go. And all of a sudden, the man starts to fade away as they get closer and closer to the actual border of Johnson City. 
and before completely disappearing like at this point he's like becoming transparent and as he's disappearing he said next time and then disappeared what the heck does that mean she's taking it where you want to go i think it's that maybe he oh you know what what, what if the people of johnson city after killing al Lackey, got a witch to put like a, a protection <gasps> spell on johnson city and so al Lackey's ghost physically cannot go into that area oh my gosh i love that idea and it was like for the next 300 years and he has no concept of time so he just randomly gets picked yeah. up and tries again and again and again yeah i like that idea but i also i mean it's it's interesting that yeah because clearly he has no concept of time and he's so consumed with the idea and the, the desire to want to finish off the rest of the people he didn't manage to kill when he was alive that he's continuously getting in people's cars and pulling people over to get in their car just for this one thing and he's never actually able gonna gonna be able to do it right well i hope i hope not because right. if he can f inflict harm on someone's body by cutting them with a knife yeah a ghost knife it's a phantom knife mm -hmm. mm. i don't want to see what he can do if he's actually targeted someone i wonder if his ancestors still live like i wonder if he still has lineage in johnson city because wow. there were six members of the scared. lackey family that were still alive and i'm sure they procreated and I wonder where they are. I mean, this is what's so fascinating about lineages and history is that like if you're able to remember it all and track it back and like know your ancestors' stories, like that's so fascinating. Yeah, but is it all that fascinating when your ancestor turns out to be a s still around in ghost form trying to hunt you down? I hope the lackeys don't drive on US 281. Oh my gosh, it's probably one of those things where – they don't know why they're supposed to avoid that road, but their whole lives it was like, oh. whatever you do, like in Bird Box, like just very intense. <gasps> whatever you do, oh do not God. drive on that road. Well, you better hope that they don't go to high school in that area because apparently the ghost of Lackey's like become a dare for like all the teenagers and local kids in the area. Of and course. so people are dared to go stand in like the clothing that Al Lackey's ghost is seen wearing on the side of Route 281 and, like, pretend to hitchhike. And then they, they're dared to hold a knife while doing it. And it's like, well, that's a sure as shit way to get a, arrested or in trouble. And also, I just think it's stupid because what if someone was like, oh, I know this is a ghost and just decides to run right through it and then... Uh, you know? like, well, don't do that, guys. <laughs> because I think, what if you drove right through it and it just gives it a sure, a sure access into sitting in your back seat? Or what if it's a kid? Yeah, I know, but, but yeah. right, but just don't don't do either. <laughs> don't do either. I always think that when people dress up like clowns, and remember mm -hmm. when that clown thing was happening a few years ago? Yeah, don't. That's not funny. That's not a funny joke. But anyway, it's scary. And also, the other thing is that if you have to go out there alone, dressed up as this ghost, who you know haunts this place. I bet that ghost is going to come find you and stand next to you and terrify you. And also, I doubt he takes well to the fact that you're dressing up as him and mocking him. You know what it reminds me of, too? 
It's well, I don't know why this reminds me of it. It's not that similar, but I picture I picture him stalking his relatives, his remaining relatives <sighs> like the creature the entity does and it follows just slowly walking around with a knife coming into restaurants and bars. Oh my god, this is the most precious <laughs> thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Leia just slowly walked onto your lap and did a little twirl and sat down. Oh, and now she's oh. eating the microphone. And now she's biting the microphone. It was good <laughs> it while was it lasted. Cute. She is cute. She's all sleepy because so it's so dark in here. All right, Corinne. What hitchhiking ghost did you choose? I chose the Uniondale hitchhike. I don't know anything about it. Okay, well, I will tell you about it. This is your opportunity to learn. And I am realizing right now that there were a bunch of names of towns and people that I I had meant to look up before <laughs> we got to this point so that I would know how to pronounce them. Clearly, I forgot that one task on my to-do list. So. That's okay. Do your Here best. Here we are. This is the Uniondale Hitchhiker. Uniondale is a town in Little Karoo, which is in South Africa. So we are leaving Ooh. the United States for this one. We like when we leave the United States. We Love like to it. travel. In Uniondale, there's a road where people often encounter a woman. It is the Brandis turnoff from the R341, 341, R341 road. So in this Brandis turnoff area, which is, I think, like right outside of Uniondale, everyone seems to come in contact with this woman. My on this bend. The woman is young and she stands along the side of a deserted road because it's this road is like kind of in the middle of nowhere and just connects right. these two towns. So usually I don't think it's extremely populated from the articles that I've read. So oftentimes people... That makes it perfect for a right, hitchhiking ghost. Because people are caught alone. So she's she's seen on the side hoping for a ride. She has dark hair. She's dressed in a dark top and pants and a jacket and she's often sticking her thumb out to get picked up or just sort of facing the road so the people know that she's waiting and if people pull over and let her in she will hop in the car and then at some point she will vanish into thin air oh no sometimes they'll feel a burst of cold air or they'll hear a shrill laugh after she <gasps> vanishes. No. Sometimes she screams. <laughs> That's horrifying. <laughs> it's so scary. <laughs> Could you imagine? I mean, even if someone laughs too hard in the car, just like the you're kind of vacuum sealed in and so <laughs> sounds are loud and just imagine someone screaming and how startled uh. you would be. Oh, I don't like man. that. It's really not funny, but I just... Yeah. You're nervous laughter. I'm nervous laughing really hard. Yeah. I can tell. <laughs> My face. Uh, so this woman, it's thought to be the spirit of Maria Charlotte Rue, who's nicknamed Rhea for Maria. Mm -hmm. And Rhea was a student nurse, and her fiancé was named Michael, or it might be Mikel. M-I-C-H-I-E-L, nicknamed Giel, but he was an army corporal, and they were engaged, and they were in the process of planning their wedding. And so they were driving 
in the wee hours of the morning on April 12th, 1968, and they were headed towards uh, Maria's parents' house to tell them about their wedding plans and about what they had decided. So it's really early in the morning, and Gail, he's driving, and she's in the back of the car, and she's sleeping on the back seat. And a big, strong gust of wind comes up, and it hits the side of the car, and the car swerves a little bit, and he loses control over their Volkswagen Beetle, which was the car that they were driving. A gust of wind. A gust of wind. Well, have you ever experienced that? I have, where I I almost feel like I'm going out of control. Yes, but, like, in the desert, in, like, Death Valley. Oh, oh, I have had it multiple times driving from Boston to Vermont. It's just scary. There's a, there's already so many elements to be afraid of while you're driving. I yeah. I just you want wind to be on your side. Yeah, well, it's often not. <laughs> this is So scary. yeah, he must have been going too fast where it just it hit their car hard and they swerved and they went off of the road and oh. the car flipped. And remember, Rhea had been in the back seat of the car right. sleeping. So we can pretty much assume that she wasn't wearing her seatbelt. And also it was the 60s. Right. And when the car flipped, she was thrown from the vehicle and she died on impact. Oh, that's so horrible and so sad. I know. And Gil, he did not die, but he was injured and he suffered a concussion. And a car ended up passing by and found him and took him to the hospital and then Officer McDonald, he was the officer that arrived first on the scene of the crash, and he found Rhea laying in the embankment with severe head injuries. Hmm. And he said in the report that she had long hair, she was small in stature, and was dressed in dark clothing. So the same outfit that is seen from the Hitchhiking Ghost. Oh, So many people have had encounters with Rhea, whether they see her on the side of the road or she hops in their car. So one notable experience happened to a man named Anton Lagrange, who he saw Rhea on the side of the road on Good Friday at around 7.15 in the evening, and the year was 1976. So this was eight years after Rhea's passing. Okay. And I wish I could tell you how long it took me to figure out the math <laughs> on that, but I had to use my fingers. So, however long it took me to count my fingers up that's, to the year. Hey, that's better than using a calculator. You're moving up in the <laughs> mathematic world, Corinne. And then I was like, man, they were both even numbers. Why couldn't I do this? <laughs> uh, so, he pulled over to pick her up. He saw this woman on the side of the street and she got in the back of the car and Anton asked her where she needed to go. And she replied, it was kind of like a vague ish location. So he was like, whatever. And he starts driving that direction and he tries to talk to her a little bit, but she didn't really reply. So he's like, fine, keeps driving. But then a few minutes into the ride, she just disappears altogether And Anton, not knowing about the Uniondale hitchhiking ghost, because this was the first ever experience, so how the heck would he know, or the first recorded experience, he was super spooked and really (laughs) concerned and didn't really know what happened. And so he drove to the police station and he told the police what happened. And one of the officers agreed to follow him back to the area 
where she had disappeared to investigate where she may have gone, if something mm-hmm. happened, if she somehow escaped the car, like looking and concerned. Right. So they drive out and they get back to the area of road where she vanished from Anton's car. And it was there that he and the police officer together witness Anton's passenger side door open and close <gasps> as if someone is hopping out. So it's oh, like she got it's like she never really left the car. She just decided to not appear in her like full bodied apparition form and Whoa. drove all the way to the police station and back with him. <laughs> Do you think she wanted she wanted it to be reported? Like she wanted her her presence to be known? Maybe, or maybe she just relaxed a little bit, disappeared, and then was like, he's taking me to where I said, I think. And just oh. when she realized that maybe she wasn't going where she needed to be and knew that he was going to go back to the road, she was like, well, I guess I'll just wait. <laughs> I have an idea. What? What if when ghosts fall asleep, they become invisible? And she fell asleep because that's what she had done when she was in the car when she before she died. Ooh. And so she became invisible. She did get into the backseat of the car. And this was in the 70s. So she was treating this like an Uber. She was way ahead of her time. Way ahead of her time. So a journalist later showed a picture of Rhea to mm-hmm. Anton along with other photographs of women to kind of test out and see possibly if right. it was the woman who died in that same stretch of road. And Anton, not knowing anything about Rhea, just looks at all of these pictures of these women. And then he points to the picture of Rhea, the picture which was provided by Rhea's mother. Um, And he was like, oh, yeah, that's the woman that I picked up. Oh, my gosh. So it was. I have so many chills thinking about this. It was confirmation that it was Rhea, pretty much. Wow. So. Anton's experience was a little creepy. But it might not compare to the experience that Corporal, and this name is really hard for me, but <laughs> Dawi Van Jarsfeld. I'll just call him D. Yeah. Um, that Corporal D experienced on the same exact day two years later. So it's always like Good Good Friday that she appears. Oh, wait, right is that the day then. she died? Yes, I uh. think. I'm pretty sure. Let me scroll up on my research. I mean, I don't know. Is it always on the same day each year, Good Friday? No, it's not. The numbers change, but. But it might just be that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's Good Friday. I think it's Good Friday that she appears every single time, but it might be the exact date as well, which would have been April 12th. But I Hmm. think it's Good Friday. She just appears on Good Friday. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so Corporal D, he's riding his motorcycle, and he sees this young woman hitchhiking, and it's around 9.30 at night, and he stops on the side of the road, and he offers her a ride, and she agreed, and she climbed onto the back <laughs> of his motorcycle, and she put his spare helmet on, and put the oh my little, gosh. like, earphone to communicate with him in You're her kidding. ear, and they started to drive a short distance, but then the motorcycle moved a little bit this was like a short distance into the ride mm-hmm. and corporal d is like what the heck is happening it feels like 
a bunch of weight just lifted off of the motorcycle. So he's like, shit, did she fall off? <gasps> and he turns around and he doesn't see anyone on the motorcycle. And he's like, oh my God, she fell off the motorcycle. So he turns around to go find her and help her wherever she landed on the ground behind him. So he circles back. He's looking around, doesn't see anyone, but he does spot the helmet and the earphone landing <gasps> on the ground. And the earphones adapter jack had somehow been melted. <gasps> <laughs> I yeah. isn't it? I gasped so hard I yawned. Sorry. Um, <laughs> too much air. <laughs> too much air. That okay? I mean, similar to how the my ghost could use his knife to cut the woman's cheek. Like the fact that this that Rhea could put on a helmet and the earpiece as if mm-hmm. she were human. Right, and was holding on to either the bike or I assume probably him. had her arms wrapped around him to stay sturdy on the bike. Whoa. Okay, something similar happened as well two oh years later. Okay. Also on Good Friday, another man, Andre Coetzee, 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 Andre, was riding his motorcycle down this same haunted stretch of road and instead of appearing to the man or thumbing on the side of the road Rhea took it upon herself she must have just really felt comfortable to stay and saw him and was like he seems understanding and cool so instead (laughs) of asking permission she just hopped on the bike as he was passing by oh so from from Andre's perspective, he's riding his motorcycle alone down the stretch of road and he feels something wrap around his waist. <gasps> that would like, be so, so horrifying. <laughs> and those, it's already dangerous and scary to be driving a motorcycle. I know. So he's like, This is a weird sensation. And he looks down and he sees on his stomach two little hands wrapped around <gasps> holding on to him <laughs> and so he's terrified and he just pushes on the gas hoping to shake whatever it was and get somewhere presumably less isolated a wee bit faster yeah and he doesn't think that Rhea appreciated the high speed that he hit because <laughs> she must have reached around and she hit his helmet really really hard three Uh times to signal him to slow down and stop being such an idiot so he just sped up even more and he hit 100 miles per hour on a motorcycle and that's when the hands and the sensation of being held disappeared so obviously she was not a fan of his reckless driving so she was like screw this I don't need a ride from him and she dipped out (laughs) I just, well, no, duh, he's going to be scared and speed away, Rhea. Yeah, and so he was really scared after, and so he drove to a cafe, and he started asking for help, and the cafe owner recognized the story and was like, wait, Mm. that sounds really similar to a bunch of other stories I've heard, and then realized that it was Rhea, the hitchhiking ghost that he had just experienced. But actually, okay, so here's where there's a little bit of confusion. There may actually be two hitchhiking ghosts in this area because while Rhea has dark hair and is wearing dark clothing, 
there are reports of a woman with blonde hair who prefers mm. to hop on the back of motorcycles. And interesting. And in, in that area, there was a woman with blonde hair who died in a motorcycle accident just a few years after Rhea. So perhaps Rhea is not the only spirit asking for a ride. And perhaps since Andre did not see the person, I mean, yeah. yeah, it could have been this blonde uh, spirit who prefers motorcycle rides. Interesting. I like the idea that Rhea and this woman, the blonde haired woman, have become friends. And now, every Good Friday, the two of them together will both hitchhike and both get into someone's car and doubly scare drivers. Yeah. Maybe they have a competition to see how far they can have someone drive them before realizing that they've disappeared in the back. Oh, gosh. That's so scary. (laughs) A little game. But actually, okay. Well, so the Uniondale hitchhiker spirit, this ghost story and experiences from people in South Africa. Um, It's inspired a bunch of movies and a bunch of songs, and many people have gone to the road to try to see the hitchhiker themselves. But we may have missed, well, not we, we wouldn't go. Other people (laughs) may have missed their chance. Because some sources say that since the death of her fiancé, of Rhea's fiancé, Gil, she has seemingly moved on. So oh, that's so beautiful. Just, yeah, she was waiting for him to cross over as well. Oh, my God. I love that. I know. Oh, that's I so know. beautiful. Yeah. And actually, he, I think, passed away in a car crash. So uh, that's weird. I know. It's a little weird. Yeah, things like that. It's see, car accident car accidents don't really seem like coincidence me, to me because I feel like the probability of getting in a car accident is very very high. So it could just be That's true. It's super yeah. likely in comparison to other ways for you to go. Right. But still it's a strange I know. occurrence. So yeah, that's the Uniondale hitchhiker. Wow. What would you do if it, if you, a ghost because I know you wouldn't pull over for a well, hitchhiker. I was going to say, well, number one, I wouldn't be pulling over right. for a hitchhiker. But what if a ghost just appeared in your backseat? I think about that constantly. And I hate driving at night because I do not. I, I'm always so drawn and tempted to look in the rearview mirror because I think yep. I have this sort of paranoia that I will see something. And so I mm-hmm. have to like some part of me is like, just check, just check. I'm the same way. Yeah, and so I hate driving at night for that reason. But actually, I've definitely said this before. I feel like I always say that. But we have so many episodes that maybe people have forgotten <laughs> if I have told it. Um, but in the middle of the day, daylight one time, I did have a ghost in my car. I Wait. did not see the ghost, but they pulled my hair. They grabbed my hair and pulled it like in front of me so I could see my hair moving and just kind of held it up sort of like this, like a big... <gasps> It was like inches from my face and it was just being held up and kind of like tugged to the side. You've never told me this. Really? I don't think so. Oh, yeah. And I I grabbed my hair and I put it back down by my head. And then a a few beats pass and then my hair gets grabbed and pulled Ah! again. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? Whatever. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. No, Corinne. It's not whatever you should say. I'm sorry. You are not welcome here. Please leave my car. I think I did. I think I did say, please don't pull my hair. Okay. 
but just sit quietly in the back seat. It's like having a child. Just can you can you rebuckle? This is super illegal. <laughs> if I get pulled over because of you, you're paying this. <laughs> I swear ticket. to God, <laughs> are you gonna pay the fine? Oh gosh, that's so scary. Can you imagine if I got in a car accident and then the police came and then they were like, "What happened?" and I'd be like, "There was a ghost pulling my hair." <laughs> They'd be like. We have a report of a young white female who got in a car accident. Possible drug <laughs> problems. Ma'am, please step out of the car. Please yeah. say the alphabet backwards. C-Y-X-W-E-T-S something math. I hate me. Oh. That was a really sad ending. I didn't mean to do it, but it just rhymed. Oh. Also, before we start, our listener stories, we just want to give a little shout out to Hey Mary because she wrote in and gave us a ton of info and basically introduced us to the ghosts of Uniondale. So in our next encounters, one of our next encounters episodes, we'll be sure to include the ghost story she sent, Heck, which isn't yes. isn't on about the ghost of Uniondale, but right. But she referenced it. She referenced it. So guys, if you have any creepy stories or like local stories just include them in your emails to us because we'll find them and Mm -hmm. and then research them research them yeah okay but i have a story from crystal okay and it's called growing up haunted she says corinne and sabrina i have grown up experiencing ghosts and spirits my first recollection of a ghost was at six years old The memory goes like this. I woke up from a nightmare. My mom had worked the late night shift at the hospital coffee shop, so she was watching TV in the living room. I was so afraid from my nightmare that I went to her, and she sent me to my parents' bed. My dad was asleep with his Bible open on his chest. The light was on. I left it on because I didn't want to wake my dad, and I crawled into bed with him. At this point, I'm starting to recover from my nightmare. My parents had two connected doors in their bedroom. The door to the left started to open, but it didn't latch well, so I got up to close it. As I approached it, a woman, disheveled and decaying, backed me up to my parents' bed. Being six and so scared, I was paralyzed with fear, and I couldn't get my dad's attention. She leaned over me, repeating, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. No, don't do it the third time. She said this three times and disappeared. Moving forward to the next experience... I'm not sure how old I was, but I was still a child. I went over to a friend's house for a night. She had a paper route. I think that just aged me. Yeah, I don't know what that is. A paper route? What is that? It's in the morning when you wake up really early and oh, 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 yeah, you're handing out newspapers. A newspaper route. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, Sabrina. I just didn't know it was a newspaper. Okay, fine. Whatever. Ignore me. She had gotten up to go to go with her dad to deliver newspapers, and she left the light on in her room so sh- she could see when she got home. I thought nothing of it. So I'm waiting for her to come back when I realize I can see into her living room from the bed. It looked like there was someone on the couch. I again get up thinking that she had come back and just lay down on the couch. As I get closer, this hitchhiker type of man stands up with a knife in his hand. He threatens me, and I run back to the room. The fear got a hold of me to the point where I had to get her mom. I had to run past him to do that. I tried several times and he approached me and finally I was able to be brave and get my way by him. I slept at the foot of her mom's bed until she got home. These are all scary ghosts. Yeah, really scary, really frightening, really aggressive. Oh, well, the next one is short and non-threatening. That's good. Okay. 
This one, I woke up to see a beautiful flowing white ghost. She didn't say anything. She just floated out of the closet and over to my stereo, which was on the bottom level of a bookshelf. She then proceeded to play with the buttons, and I just let her play, and I went back to sleep. When I got up, I turned on the stereo to see if it was just a dream, but the station had been changed to static and was on AM from FM. Again, I'm not exactly sure how old I was, but I was younger than this next experience. When I was 16 and was staying in my parents' courting room, which is a very, it's a very old house, because my sister and her family were staying with us while transitioning into a new job and home, there's a theme here because the light was on again. I think the light fixture is original to the house. I say this because out of the fixture came a family. I was afraid only because they all had glowing red eyes and they disappeared as fast as they appeared. Fast forward to my mid thirties. I'm married with three children. My husband was in the Navy and we moved to Washington state. This one was a little boy. He was blonde with blue eyes and I had to be really careful as my youngest child was blonde and blue eyes as well, but a girl, this one was just about, being aware that he was there. The strange part of this was that our landlord asked every time I talked to them if the house was good. I had experienced the little boy, and we had things fly out of the cabinets and off the mantle. Shortly after, my husband ended up getting out of the military, and we were forced to move. My last experience, we had moved in with my parents from Washington. I was having some medical issues, and my dad was very sick, and my mom had her own medical issues. As my husband struggled to find a job, I had a botched surgery that nearly killed me. Mind you, we're in the house that the very first experience happened, where the woman said, I will kill you three times. As I recovered, I did my best to help both of my parents. We had been there for about three years. My parents were saints when my dad passed away. He died April 6, 2012, and the following March was my birthday. My husband now has a good job and we're saving to buy a home of our own, but he has an hour commute, so he gets up really early. It was my birthday. My husband got up early to leave. He did his normal kiss you and I love you before he went and I went back to sleep. And that's when it happened. My dad had a very distinctive kiss. It was always warm and mushy. And when my husband had just left, I felt this distinctive kiss on my forehead and I hear, happy birthday, I love you. I thought the kiss was weird for it to be my husband's. I knew it felt like my dad. It was just him letting me know he loves me. These are my ghostly experiences. I don't look for them because the majority of my experiences have been fearful and threatening. It's been several years since the last experience, and I'm good with that. Crystal. Wow. Okay. Well, I was like, wow, how wonderful. But it's basically because I'm just thinking about the last story (laughs) of her father coming and kissing her and saying happy birthday. Yep. Ah, but oh my gosh, I... I hope that he's, like, looking out and trying to bat off some of those really threatening evil ones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it seems like she's just open to those, you know? Like, they all kind of find her. Right. Which is really scary. The man, the hitchhiker man with a knife, which made me think, I mean, I don't know where this takes place. I don't know where that one took Perhaps, place. Washington? Yeah. Maybe but she was misidentified as a relative. Maybe. Or maybe she is a relative. Maybe she is. <gasps> or maybe there are multiple hitchhiking ghosts with knives, which terrifies me. I don't That's want really I scary. don't want that to be true. I'm just I, I also okay, so like the little the little blonde child with the blue eyes. Mm-hmm. It's just I, I never really know what to think when it's a child ghost. I don't wanna automatically presume that it's something evil because how sad that I'm sure there are so many, so many spirits of children. And right. I don't want to be like, 
ah, don't talk to them. Like, they're evil. But it does make me a little nervous. Especially when the cabinets are opening and things are flying off the mantle. Yeah. And it's interesting that it would appear and look kind of like her daughter. You know, like, it does make me think kind of like a doppelganger thing. Mm-hmm. And she felt like she had to be careful because it looked so similar to her, her daughter. Right. It's scary. It's really scary. Okay. Well, I have one. Okay. Obviously, because this is what we do. <laughs> this is from Lonnie. Hi, ladies. I love your podcast so much. I listen all the time, and I'm actually listening right now. Haha. <laughs> I'm listening to your newest episode, Satan Sedan. And all of a sudden, I remembered a story that my uncle told me. So years ago, my uncle and his cousins were driving down this highway, and they say that they saw this old man with a bushy beard, ragged clothes, and a sign. He was your average-looking hitchhiker. He was asking for a ride to every car that passed, but he made eye contact with my uncle and said, please give me a ride. Oh. My uncle and his cousins ignored him and kept driving. They eventually forgot about him until a few hours later, they saw the same man, the same hitchhiker, hours later in a completely different town. (sighs) Oh. Chills. He stared at my uncle again and said, give me a ride. This time, more aggressive. No. My uncle said he suddenly felt cold and threatened, and he couldn't understand how it was possible for the same man to be there. But he tried to shake it off, thinking that it was just his imagination and that it was another man. Then, a few more hours later, my uncle looked in his rearview mirror, and his heart dropped into his chest. (gasps) Sitting there in the very back seat was the hitchhiker. No. My uncle screamed, and all of his cousins were stricken with fear. The hitchhiker says in a deep, demonic voice, You should have picked me up. (gasps) Oh, Then he disappeared, and my uncle's tire blew out. I? I know. I responded to this email, and I said, I'm screaming. That's what I wrote. I am screaming. (laughs) Like, oh, my God. Is her uncle okay? I mean, I think. Okay, but so she's... She said, another quick story that happened to my dad. He was driving through the desert on his way to Utah. This road used to be Native American Indian grounds, but there haven't been Indians there for years. Well, my dad said he was driving down this highway when suddenly a man walked across the street and stopped in the middle of the road, causing my dad to slam on his brakes. Mm -mm. It was a deer in the headlights moment, stopping mid-walk to stare at my dad before walking off the road and then disappearing into thin air. Uh, no. Which convinced my dad that it was a ghost. Anyways, thank you for reading this. If you did, you guys are awesome. See you on the other side. Lonnie. Oh my, Lonnie. That. So many road incidents. So many. And the fact that the hitchhiker ghost looked her uncle in the eyes and was like, this is my target. And then followed him around. Oh, and then the tires blowing out. That's just, that's horrific. That's terrifying and that's demonic. And that is just a spirit trying to cause chaos. Yeah, it's really scary. And the fact that everyone in the car seemed to see 
this entity appear. It wasn't just that he looked in his rearview mirror and saw a flash of the sky. It was he screamed and everyone else looked around and started, I assume, screaming too, freaking yeah. out. I hate it. And also, like, I doubt that it, the the last line the entity said, like, you should have given me a ride. I doubt that that's, like, had they given him a ride right away, no way. He probably would have done the same thing. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It makes me wonder. So they observed upon coming up to this man. They observed that he was asking every car for a ride, but it seems like he was waiting for them. Ugh. Like it was just all a game. It was his, he was acting. Or was he doing this to all of them? Because we know that demonic entities can be in a million places at once. That's true. Or travel really quickly. Uh, it's getting very dark in my apartment. I'd like to not discuss this any longer. <laughs> okay, well, let's, yeah, it is really dark. I've been having you minimize, dear video minimize. But Why I did I not turn a light up. on? This is going to be an issue. The only light is coming from your laptop. Yeah, seriously. I'm going to have to use flashlight on my phone. Where is my so phone? <gasps> Where is my phone? What? It's not here. No, my phone's just not here. This oh. is, I did this the other night too. Nick was out of town and I was like, oh, I shouldn't finish the Ted Bundy documentary right now. But what Wait, did I okay. do? What are your thoughts? Because it's on my start, because I just finished you last night. And so I'm very proud. The Ted Bundy tapes is next. Also, you, I never get nightmares from, from shows or movies, mm-hmm. like rarely. I have gotten a nightmare every single night that I've watched you. Really? That's yes. weird. It's really triggering me. Interesting. So Ted Bundy tapes. Um, what are your thoughts it, before I start it? It's amazing. It's amazing. It's really long It's because it's four parts. But, I mean, you just – because I, I thought I knew a fair share about him just after reading The Stranger Beside Me from Anne, by Anne Rule. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot that I didn't know. And the tapes are just he, – he's a psychopath. Well, yeah. It's okay. so fascinating. I'm You're going to love it. I'm excited to start it. I was reading in our Facebook group. A lot of people have been discussing it, so I was reading everyone's comments today. Yeah. And some people said it's pretty tough, like, looking at the women's faces and... Yeah, and they show crime scene photos, which I, I had never seen before. You mean you hadn't seen these specific crime scene photos, or you had never been one to look at crime scene photos? Um, Maybe I haven't gone looking for these ones, but I had never seen these specific ones before. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I was going to say something in me. I'm always tempted to Google search yeah. crime scene photos when I hear about something. It's disturbing. I shouldn't do it, but I know I do it. And then I'm like, oh, I feel sick. And then I'm scarred for three days. Yep. And then you have nightmares about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I watched it at like 11 p.m. after our friend Caitlin's birthday dinner and was alone, home alone, and slept with my window open. And I woke up in the middle of the night, stared out the window. I was like, well, Ted Bundy's going to come inside my window or someone's going to come in my window and murder me. Why would you ever sleep with your window open? I didn't put it together at the time. And then I started, yeah. And then, yeah, it was my fault. I did it to myself. It'd be one thing if you were like on the seventh story, but you're in a climbable area. Don't tell people where I am. (laughs) Sorry. Also, I won't say the name, but one of our... 
listeners ordered merch the other day and I sent Corinne a, a screenshot. I was like, this person lives literally down the street from me. Yeah, you guys are going to run into each other. Yeah. One day she's going to see you on a run. I run inside nowadays. Not going to take any risks with the crazy people out in the world. <laughs> Says the person who slept all night with her window <laughs> open. I've got Leia to protect me. Unpredictable. I went on a date the other day and I made a joke that I had a bunch of weapons and he was like, which one? <laughs> it's not a joke like, well, though. I mean, I do have. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was okay. There's no good way to tell you how it segued into it. <laughs> But we were just in we were in an area where something had recently happened, and I was like, "Don't worry, I have all my weapons." No. He was like, "Really?" And I was like, "Well, yeah." And he was like, "Do you always have them?" And I was like, "Every single time I go out, yes." That's smart. You should be safe. Protect I yourself. Do. Yeah, I'm prepared for any Ted Bundys. Well, they're not prepared for you. That's the truth. They're not. They'd probably fall in love with me. They'd be like, wow, oh. she's so prepared. <laughs> I've never met anyone like her. <laughs> I'm going to change my whole mental state of being. I'm through my purse. Like, wait, hold on. I know I have a different one in here that maybe I would prefer to use. Can you just give me one more moment? I need to decide which one I want to use. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I okay. can see that happening. Um, Yeah. Well, wow. Okay. Let's sign off. It's late. It's, it's dark. dark. We've started talking about Ted Bundy. The we ghosts are on the road. So uh, lock your doors. And lock your car car doors and roll up your windows. And, <laughs> and keep your eyes on the road. Don't make eye contact with hitchhikers. Don't look in your rearview mirror. Don't let anyone pull your hair. Just stay inside. That's the most important lesson to be and learned. And email us your ghost stories or yeah. paranormal stories, experiences. And you can support us by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. And then you can support us on Patreon and uh, by buying merch. Yes, we have social media. We have Instagram. We have Twitter. We have a Facebook group that you can join, a Facebook group that you can – or a Facebook page you can like. And we will see you, see you on, on the, the other, other side. side.